Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. (laughs) I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. Just imagine this, homeschooling seven kids, doing household chores, managing blogs, managing conferences, speaking at conferences, all of these and more while her spouse is away from home more than being at home. Today's guest does just that. Seems impossible? Well, Toni Anderson is the multitasking, happy housewife and blogger. She brings real-life experiences to her blog to help other families manage their homes. Despite everything she has to juggle every single day, she manages to take care of everyone in the family. Man, that's serious stuff right there. And build a successful blog and online business. In today's interview... We're going to be talking about how to take a blog and turn it into a successful business. That's what we're going to talk about today. Tony, my friend, how are you doing today? I am awesome. How are you? I, you know, I just can't complain. I'm alive, so that's a good thing. (laughs) That's right. And I'm glad to have you on here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, not a problem. So we met when I came down to the Savvy Blogging Conference, and yes. we connected there, and then we connected again in Chicago. Um, and it's obvious to me that you have a lot on your plate. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a little bit? Well, for those that may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I am a Navy wife. Uh, my husband is currently stationed in Afghanistan. Uh, he's on a nine-month deployment. So it is me and the seven kids holding down the fort in uh, right outside of D.C. in Maryland. Um, I am a homeschooling mom, like you said. I have uh, actually six kids still at, at home in school and one that we just graduated a year ago, and she's living at home, but we don't have to school her anymore. Uh, so that's good. And um you know, military spouse for 20 years. So we've lived a lot of places, moved around a lot. Uh, homeschooling has been great because there's so much flexibility with mm-hmm. the kids and moving, not having to switch schools. And then, of course, I blog. Um, I've been blogging at the Happy Housewife since early 2008. I had a blog before that. And then also am involved with, you know, the business side of blogging and helping other bloggers, you know, achieve their goals and help start businesses um, doing something that they love and they're passionate about and hopefully they're already writing about online. Okay, so here's the deal, right? Um, my wife and I just had one child. I said one child. Um, and, you know, since having this one child, a lot in my life has changed. And I've come to realize that having children takes a lot out of you. Okay, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, you know, I have one child. This is a lot of work. You know, I can do this. I can do this. Seven children is what you said, right? Yes. Okay, so how in the world do you manage 
seven kids homeschooling and still doing all this stuff that you're doing online? Because people ask me that all the time with my one little child. How in the world do you do it? Well, I, I think, first of all, after you have a couple, you give up on a lot of those things that you thought were important. Um, you know, they can wear the same clothes two days in a row. It doesn't really matter. No one's noticing. Uh, you know, you, st- you start lowering your standards for certain things in your life. Um, you know, frozen pizza isn't that bad anymore. Uh, so, you know, there's definitely, uh, I think in all parents, whether they work or they, they stay at home, you know, once you get a couple kids, you've seen them, you know, the first kid drops the pacifier and you go and, and you know, boil it in hot water and sanitize <laughs> it for two days. And, you know, the third kid drops the pacifier, you blow the dust off and stick it in their mouth. So, you know, I think there's definitely something to be said about, you know, having a couple kids and getting, you know, getting a little more experience and, you know, sort of knowing how to work the system with kids for sure. Um, and, you know, my kids, I do have older children and they're very helpful. So, you know, I, I definitely have help at home. Uh, as far as the kids just, you know, and it's nice when they have siblings, they all tattle on each other. So you never really, you never really, there's not a kid that can sneak off very easily when you have a lot of them. Okay. So, uh, so after four or five, you know, it, it they, they kind of can take care of themselves. Well, not take care of themselves, but they can help out, help out a lot. So that's what I need to do. Get four or five more. Yeah. Get uh, a okay. couple more. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> all right. So sweet. When you started your blog now, did you start it as a business? Was that your intention from the beginning? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Was that your intention from the beginning? It was not. I actually started sort of a full circle thing. I started blogging in 2006 when my husband deployed to Iraq. And he uh, couldn't read certain email servers. And I think that was back when we were all on AOL. Mm -hmm. And so he couldn't always get emails that I sent him. So I started blogging basically to tell him our story at home while he was gone. Mm. And updated it almost every day with just, you know, what happened that day or, you know, what, what crisis we were facing. And it was basically for him, although it wasn't a private site, I didn't, I didn't try to, you know, get out there and there wasn't Facebook and, you know, things like that to publicize your site back then. And through a series of odd events, I got a email from Oliver North, Colonel Oliver North, who somehow stumbled upon my blog and had read a post about, I basically wrote a, pa- a post about patriotism to my husband, thanking him uh-huh. for his service. And he basically said, I love your post. I'd like to republish it. Um, would, would you be okay with that? And I deleted the email thinking, there's no way Oliver North is writing little old me <laughs> an email. And then I got an email from his publicist saying, hey, did you get the email from Colonel North? And I thought, oh, this isn't a joke. Um, so I, I hit me at that point that blogging was something more than just telling your story. It could be. And it's okay if that's, you know, it's okay to just tell your story. But I realized that, wow, there's people out there that I have no idea that I could be influencing with this site. Um, so I knew in the back of my head that there was something more, but I wasn't quite sure how to get there. And I knew I didn't get, want to get there with my site as it was because it had so much personal information because it truly mm. were, was letters to my husband. Gotcha. Um, so I started thinking about how I could transition into something that would be more resourceful as a military wife, knowing that we had spent most of our lives away from family and without that sort of mom influence to tell you how to cook something or uh-huh. how to solve a problem. And so I, in my mind, I knew I wanted to be that mom away from home to other military wives, mm. basically. And so it took me about a year to sort of figure out 
what I wanted to do. And then I launched with The Happy Housewife in the, the beginning of 2008. And how, how, how was that process for you? How did you figure out what you wanted to do? Because I know a lot of people start off just blogging for whatever reason, whether it's a personal diary or whatever the case might be. And then they realize, man, there's potentially more here. And they go through a transition phase. What was that like for you? And how did you make the decision as to which direction you wanted to take it in? I think... I knew and I knew all along that I wanted to be this resource. And so I had that vision from day one, uh, which I think is very important. And I think even for people that are doing this for fun or as a hobby or just as a creative outlet, which is all it's all great to be doing it that way. When you decide that it's time to transition, it's time to really think about why am I doing what I'm doing? And is this something that I want to get up and do every day? Because the reality is, is when you start, when you start to make that transition from hobby to business, you have to be willing to to put in 10, 11, 12 hour days and be making a dollar an hour. I mean, in in reality, you're not going to make any money your first month of blogging and that's okay. Um, Because the beautiful thing about blogging is it's a business that requires very little financial investment. So, you know, if you want to open up a Subway franchise, you're going to spend $300,000 or whatever they charge a franchisee. If you want to start a blog, you're going to spend $9 at GoDaddy, right? Yeah. So, you know, the beautiful thing is it's not going to cost you anything except for your time. So, when you start, think about, you know, what do I really love and am passionate about and do I care about enough to work for free for until I can take it to the next point where I can make some money? So an important uh, thing in there is passion for you then. Yes, I think. And, and, and you see people, um, I think you've been in the business long enough to see people that start very excited, um, you know, gung ho, buy the domain, pay for a big blog design get on Facebook and they fizzle out in six to nine months because they can't keep up the pace about something they don't care passionately about. Uh huh. Uh huh. Definitely. And I've seen that over and over again. Yep. Uh, because if you don't have that passion, why would you continue working for nothing? <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> what, what's keeping you going? And the, and, and the other thing too, is to think about is that, and, and I'm, Definitely when I first started is I told everybody about my blog. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you got me in the grocery store, I would tell you because I was excited about it. I was excited Mm. about what I was doing. Um, I didn't tell a lot of my family, but I I would talk to people because I felt like what I was doing was so valuable. And I felt like I wish that someone would have done this for me 10 years earlier. So I think when you're passionate about something, and I see this in you so much as well, like when you're passionate about your job, it flows into everything. It flows into your conversations and it makes you a better salesperson for your own site because you're so excited about it you can't help but talk about it to other people you you know this is something that i was just having a conversation with a friend about yesterday how do you do that i mean you're you're telling people in the store you're telling people all over the place how do you do that without being you know that annoying marketer person (laughs) that when you come into a room the friends are like oh man here she comes again she's gonna talk to us about this blah how do you how do you do that in a way that you don't become that person right the 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 uncle no one wants to exactly Uh, I think, I think if you're, and of course this is really topical. So, you know, when I, when I first started writing, I I write all about home management. And when I first started writing, a big focus for me was personal finance, because that was sort of the phase of our lives that we were in at that time as, you know, paying down debt, getting financially stable. And 
it was easy to talk about because when people would, would, I mean, everyone talks about money, whether it's saving money with coupons or, you know, I need to refinance my house. There's always sort of an opportunity to, to talk about that. So I would say, well, you know, have you looked into this or have you thought about doing this? And then when they would say, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Well, where did you find out about that? I could say, well, I wrote about it on my site. And so it seems like a not so salesy because you're, it's, you know, you're helping somebody you're trying to, and so with any topic, you can really do that. If you, if you're, if you do, um, like Serena from thrift diving, she's the one that I was talking to about it yesterday, (laughs) by the way. So she does all these awesome DIY projects. Well, it would be very natural for someone, for her to have a conversation with a friend, with a colleague. And they say, Oh, I just, I found this dresser at Craigslist. I got, I don't know what to do with it. Well, it'd be easy for her to transition right into, have you thought about using this paint or this project or this technique? And Oh, by the way, I wrote about it. Um, so you're not really salesy people. And then people start coming to you because they view you as that resource. And that's the thing is if you can position yourself as the expert or the, the trusted resource, then you'll find that, you know, pretty quickly people will say, hey, do you have an article on your site about what to do with coffee grounds? I mean, you know, so you're going to get to that point where you don't even have to necessarily insert yourself. People will be coming to you because they know that you write about whatever it is your topic is on your site. You know, I like that concept. And that is something that I feel like I need to get better at. Because in the beginning, actually, when I started my blog, it was not something that I wanted to tell people about. uh, Because I was doing something that, you know, to some people it might seem a bit shady, even though it wasn't. Um, But now that I'm, I, I am, my vision has more to do with how can you create something of substance that's gonna help you to impact the world? That's a positive message. If I'm holding that back from someone that has a message to share, it's almost as if I'm doing them a disservice. Exactly. And I think as long as, as long as you think about, about your site and, and no matter what you write about is that you're serving other people. So whether you're serving them by sharing the best deals and coupons, or you're serving them by providing inexpensive recipes, or you're serving them by providing them tips to, to make a living out of a blog. I mean, so whatever you write about, if you think of it as a service, then it's easy to want to serve and help people. And then it makes it easier to talk about. You've just changed my mind on that. So, (laughs) Serena, if you're listening to this right now, you are right. I'm not going to say that very often, but in this case, you were right. All right, so let's move on. (laughs) You've decided, okay, it's time for me to start looking at this more as a business. I want to build something substantial. What do you do next? I think the first thing that people should do, and most people already have this step done, thank goodness, is that you need to own your name. So, you know, get off the blog spot, get your Twitter handle that, you know, brand yourself on Google Plus, on Twitter, on Facebook, on your site, get your logo, you know, create that brand around who you are. Um, So I would say that's the first thing that you need to do. And you need to start thinking about yourself as the brand. Um, So whether your brand is helping people succeed in blogging, whether your brand is helping people, you know, get dinner on the table every night, you want to make sure you own all the social around that or as close to your name or your brand as you can get. I know nowadays it's hard to get a lot of names on the Internet, but, um, you know, if you have to be such and such online or something like that, you can still do it that way. So I would say step one is start buying up all the media properties that you can get that relates to what you're writing about. Okay, and buying up all the media properties, you mean um, not just buying, but getting the Twitter, getting the Facebook, getting the YouTube and all these different things, even if you're not using all those resources, but reserving them so that if you do decide to use them, you have them at your disposal. 
Exactly. Because I, I had a huge mistake initially when I started um, and I let my, I, well, I didn't sign up for things. I did. My husband actually signed up for Twitter for me and was tweeting under my name before I even knew what Twitter was because I, <laughs> he, he mentioned it to me. I was like, oh, I don't have time for Twitter. And then the next thing I know, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to get a Twitter. He said, oh, you're already on Twitter. Um, so, <laughs> um, but I didn't have a YouTube channel and he had set one up for me, but it wasn't under my brand. And so my top YouTube video that has over a million views is under a different name than the one that I actually own for my brand. So yeah, if you're not doing it right now, it's okay. I mean, even get your name on Skype. I mean, whatever social property there is you want to get. And even if you can't get, you know, learning with Leslie or becoming, become a blogger, even if you can't get those, get, become a blogger online, Mm -hmm. you know, or get something similar and get it as similar as you can through every channel so that it's recognizable because, you know, nowadays too, you know, there's the happy housewife and a happy housewife and the happier housewife, you know, so you want to be able to get as close to your brand throughout the, the social properties as you can. And now how do you how do you mix that with your personal social media online presence? Because, um, okay, so for example, I'm Leslie Samuel on Twitter. I have a Become a Blogger Facebook page. Um, I have a Google Plus um, profile. How do, you, how do you mix those two worlds so that it's not, number one, awkward, so that you still have your personal identity online? What's your perspective on that? Uh, I've given up. Um, for a long time, I tried to keep everything very separate and, you know, I'm, I'm happy housewife on Twitter. Um, I do have a Facebook page, um, but my personal Facebook page, my Tony Anderson page was very much, um, me, people that I had, I, my rule was if I wouldn't hug you, I won't friend you. Gotcha. So I, you know, I had to be able to have said, I touched this person in real life to friend them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But what I started to realize over time for, for my business that I'm in and, you know, I do speaking and I, I am my own brand. Um, so for me, I had to start accepting, you know, people that I didn't know into my personal brand as well, because mine sort of meshed together. Um, I would, if I had to do it all over again, I would have probably set up two face. I know you're not supposed to, but I would have set up two Facebook accounts. I would have set up like a public Tony Anderson that I could friend people on. And I would have set up a Tony Anderson that would really have just been friends. Um, because there is sometimes where, you know, I don't want everybody to see everything that I'm doing on Facebook. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So, so yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. So the first thing is you want to create your brand and own your brand everywhere, as many places as you can, whether you think you're going to use it or not. If there's a new service, if there's a new Twitter or something of that sort, it's good to just grab that name so that you have it reserved for whatever you're going to do in the future. Um, yep. What next? Uh, then I would say start writing. Okay. I think so many people get hung up on my design isn't perfect. Everything's not exactly what I want it to be. Uh you know, I'm, I would say just get content out there. Um, I think so many people, uh, John Acuff has that great book, Start. Uh-huh. Um, so many people can't start. They have the great idea. They get the social media properties. They buy the domain. They pay for design. And then they write two posts and then that's it. Um, you know, don't wait for everything to be perfect. Just start writing. Get your content out there. Because I really believe you have to have several months of content before you can make any money. I mean, any real money. Um, so don't. Don't wait till you have this grand plan to start writing. I do think you need a plan, and we can talk about that in a minute. But get your content out there right away, okay. uh, especially when you start because you're excited. You probably have a lot of stuff you can write about when you start. 
Um, and you're not getting as many emails when you start, so you probably have more time to write content. Exactly. You know, that, that's, a, that's a very good point because with my biology blog, for example, if I were to go back to many of my old videos and old posts, there are mistakes in those videos. Um, I didn't wait for them to be perfect. If I waited for them to be perfect, those videos would not have been out there and, you know, they wouldn't have had the millions of views that they have on YouTube. It's just about getting started, getting it out there. And I, I meet so many people that have had this awesome idea for the last five years and they're waiting for that special moment to unleash it to the world and it's going to be this big success and, and they're just not getting started. So I think that's such an important um, point. Just start writing, start creating that content. And the reality is, is no one's going to read you anyway when you start. Exactly. So, so it's okay. I mean, it's so funny to talk about the videos because my assistant and I were just talking right before this call on the phone. And she said, you have all these bulk cooking videos on YouTube. Are they any good? And I said, honestly, I'm holding babies. I'm wearing my pajamas. But the content's really great. I said, the video's not great. But, you know, I'm teaching people quality stuff in these videos. Let's let's re, let's get, let's push those out again because they're three years old. Yeah. Well, the reality was if I would have waited till day where I did my hair and got out of my pajamas, I would have never made those videos. So, you know, I had a lot of little kids when those were, were made. So that just wasn't a time in my life where I was doing those things every day. So you're right. Like, don't hold these ideas in your head. Get them out there. People aren't going to read it at first anyway. You'll have time to go back and correct stuff. Um, you know, I mean, that's the reality of it. Probably, you know, don't don't get discouraged when you write for a month and nobody's reading you. It's okay. It just gives you time to work on your content anyway. Awesome. So I'm making a note to myself here to go back and check out some of Tony's old videos <laughs> so that I can see her with her kids in her jammies cooking. <laughs> yes. And, and the best the best part about this, I did a, a two-day bulk cooking where I filmed everything I cooked for two days and I got a haircut in the middle. <laughs> And the, the most of the comments are, I love your new haircut. <laughs> love it, love it. You, you know, there's something about what I love about this online space that we're in right now is that you can be so real. Uh, you don't yeah. have to be this perfect person to, to, to start a massive blog that turns into a massive online business. People love the real you. And I, I just love that. Exactly. And I think being real um, and, and clearly, I think there's a line between sharing too much information, oh, definitely. And, you know, being real. But, you know, people want to, because I think online, you know, we always show our best self online. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't want to show the ugliness in our life that we all have. So we all tend to be very good online. And what happens is, is that, that you, when you start to develop that following and you start to develop people that look up to you and, you know, want to emulate things that you're doing, they somehow have created this version of you that's really not accurate because yeah. Obviously, we don't want to put all our dirty laundry online. So being real, doing videos in your pajamas, whatever, you know, showing, hey, this is a, you know, for you showing something that, hey, I tried this monetization technique and it didn't, it didn't work. work. Exactly. Um, you know, I think that encourages people as much as, you know, the post where things were successful. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So create your brand, own your brand, start writing, start putting that content out there. What next? Then you have to have a plan. Have a plan. All right. Break that down for us. So I think the first, the first thing in the plan is, you know, what, what really do you want to do? Who do you want to reach? You know, what, what are your goals? So let's, I mean, and I know a lot of people have a hard time, 
thinking like, where do I want to be in five years? I think that's overwhelming. I don't know what I want to do in five years. You know, I, what I wanted to do five years ago isn't what I'm doing today. And probably I wouldn't want to be in that place. So, you know, even if it's, you know, let me put a plan together for three months. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do I want to write about? What posts do I think are important? You know, what, you know, if, if you're writing about, let's just say cooking, um, you know, what, am I entering the fall? Should I be looking at fall recipes? Should I think about, you know, how much can I write about pumpkin in three months, you know, or should we talk about Christmas meals? So think about the next three months in, in your timeline of, of your blogging and think about what do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about, you know, strategies for cooking? Do I want to talk about saving money and sort of start to like hone in on um, your voice, your message, because when you first start, you'll probably be all over the map. And one day you'll write about a frugal recipe and the next day you'll do a how to, you know, cook lobster tail. And that's okay because you're trying to figure out what you like to write about, what people are interested in, but you need eventually to start to hone that because I think it's much harder to be a successful blogger when your blog is all over the map. Gotcha. It's much easier to make money from a very, not necessarily super niche site, you know, not like tea kettles that are pink, you know, sort of thing. But, uh -huh. you know, if you like, I, know, I hate to bring up Serena again, she's probably, this whole podcast, podcast is about her. Don't worry, um, she, she's going to like it. <laughs> but, you know, in her, you and the three of us talked in Chicago just about, you know, focusing on one thing, you know, doing one thing and, and sort of, you know, honing in on that message or that that aspect of what you're writing about. Um, and, and if you're and if you're going to have a broader topic, then dividing those topics up so that you can still keep them in categories. Um, so I would say that would be, the, you know, the next thing to do is to get at least a three month plan. I mean, I think if you could do six months or a year, that would be excellent. But just start writing down topics that you want to write about. Think about I mean, and I hate to say think about Google and think about search, because I really think it's content that matters but you know obviously tomato recipes are not something you should be writing about in december yeah. if you're a food blogger yeah. um, you don't talk about black friday in march so you know i think there's things that you need to start planning and just thinking getting into the practice of having a vision for the future because i think if you look at most of the bloggers that are long-term successful that didn't have some sort of either amazing break like they got featured on you know a, a major network or didn't have a big tragedy, which is, you know, another path. Um, people that just sort of plotted away, most of them had a plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you're not just creating random content. It's more strategic now. You're, you're planning out your, your let me, let's say, the next three months or the next six months or even the next year. You're taking into consideration what are some of the important events that are happening. Um, if it's Thanksgiving, you might want to talk about, if, and you're a food blogger, well, there should be, there might want, you might want to have some turkey or some Thanksgiving meals in there around November and those types of things, right? So that it's not just random content. You're have, you have a solid plan okay so i've created my brand i've started writing I'm, i've been working on my plan and i know what types of content i want to be creating over the next six months what next that's like the that's like the main question here what next what's next um this is this is where it gets hard because i feel like at this point you probably need to start thinking about how you're going to make money um but I feel like this is hard because like you might be thinking about it, but uh, most people aren't going to be making any money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's sort of this, you know, strange uh, dance that you have to do between, okay, what is my blog? What types of monetization will work on my blog versus I still need to keep writing this content and still creating and staying true to my vision. Um, 
because it's very, it's very easy to sort of get sucked into the money funnel where it becomes all about making the money. And I'm, I am all about making money on my site, but I also know that my site doesn't exist without my readers. And so if I lose sight of the vision for my readers, the money will never be there. Definitely. And, and in your opinion, when is the, when is the right time to start thinking about how you're going to make money? I mean, is, is that something that you should think about even before you start um, creating that content or going into that niche? You have an idea of where you're trying to go or as you've kind of established the, the content schedule and you're creating that content and you see how things are coming together, then you can start thinking about it. When is the right time for you? Is there a right time? I don't necessarily know there's a set right time. I think it's good to be thinking about before you even get started. Um, because I think that you, I don't, I'm, I'm not really for starting a business without some sort of money plan yeah. at the end. Um, but I also know that people, if you are comp completely fueled by how am I going to make money for this in the blogging world, that doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're opening up a store, um, you know, physical store, clearly there needs to be a monetization plan from day one, or you can't pay your rent. Um, with blogging, you have a little more flexibility. And I feel like you have to sort of feel the water for who's going to actually come and read you. Um, and I think if you're writing good content and you start to build this engaged audience, it's going to be easier to see what the best way to make money is. I mean, say you start blogging and you're, you're a hair and fashion blogger, and, you know, all of a sudden your posts are viral on Pinterest and every day you're getting 20,000 hits from Pinterest. Well, you know, putting an ad network up on your site is probably a pretty smart idea because you're you're going to, you know, knock out of the park the CPM stuff. Um, but you might not do well with affiliate links because maybe they don't want to shop. They just want to look. But you're going to do well because you're getting a CPM model of revenue. Okay, on your and just, just to define that CPM model of rev revenue, what exactly do you mean for someone that may not know what you're talking about? So... With ad networks, you're getting paid per thousand impressions on your site. Mm -hmm. So they're going to pay you a CPM, and it can be anywhere from a dollar to eight dollars. I mean, it can it can be less than a dollar. Um, and so for every one thousand views on your site that there's the ad on your that page, you will get a dollar. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of views, then going with an ad network is a great way to monetize. If you're a smaller blog then you're not going to make a ton of money with an ad network and you might not want to annoy your readers with a lot of ads. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think getting, you know, having a plan before you start, but then sort of feeling out what your, what, what your site's doing is a good way to gauge. Should I, should I start applying to ad networks or maybe my readers love to buy? Maybe they just, they come and they want to buy products. Maybe, maybe they want to, they want to buy blogging products. They want to buy eBooks. They want to, you know, pay for a group membership or, or some sort of, you know, mentoring group then if you know that they're, they're willing to spend money, then you might not want to take people off your site with an ad. You might want to be all internally making money with your own products. So it really depends on what your audience wants. Definitely. Now, I'm, I'm not sure how much you're into this or not, but what do you think is a good level of traffic to start thinking about ad networks, for example? Um, I would say you probably want to be over 50,000 page views a month. Over uh, how many? 50,000, you said? Over 50, okay. 5 -0. Uh Most larger ad networks won't uh, approve you um, until you're around that size. So it's not really worth your time to, to apply because some of the applications are, you know, they take a decent amount of time. Um, and really, if you're not, if you don't have any, if you don't have that much traffic, it's probably not worth having them on your site because you're not going to make a lot of money yeah. since they do pay 
per page view. And, you know, a 50,000 page views, you're going to make a couple hundred dollars a month, which yeah. isn't bad, but that's probably not the best revenue model for you. Gotcha. Okay. So ad networks is one option. Of course, if you're getting a ton of traffic, if your pro if your audience is very much into, um, purchasing products, um, then, you know, selling products, doing affiliate income, any other monetization strategies you'd like to mention? Well, I think the other thing to think about is, you know, something like for you, for example, I mean, you're branding yourself as an expert in this field of blogging. So I would say if, if you're branding yourself as an expert in, in a field where that field pays, whether it pays to speak, whether it pays to write books, um, where you would be actually, you would actually be selling yourself. Yeah. Um, that sounds bad, but <laughs> I think you know what I mean. Yeah, we don't um, mind that here. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, selling yourself like, Hey, this, this is who I am. This is what I talk about. I'd love to speak at your event, whether it's a corporate lunch, you know, in your area. I mean, I think people think about speaking and they think, Oh, I don't want to travel all around the country and do events. You don't have to. I mean, corporate training, if you are, if you're an expert in, you know, even in the social stuff, like social media, or if you're, even if you're an expert in something like coupons, I mean, you can go to a corporate, um, like an, you know, a big office and say, Hey, you know, I know that these companies have money in their budgets to do, you know, employee training and employee improvement. And, you know, let me talk to your, your employees about saving money at the grocery store, you know, and you can sell, sell yourself, you know, sell and teach classes and, and they pay pretty well. I mean, you're getting probably a couple hundred dollars for an hour of work. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you work on branding yourself as an expert, you can sell yourself as an expert to, you know, local events, or you can go obviously go bigger and, um, you know, speak around the country and, and do webcasts and things like that, which, you know, can earn you income as well. Definitely. All right. So um, create your brand. I'm, I'm keeping, re I'm recapping on these things so many times because I think they're valuable. Start writing, have a plan, start thinking about how you're going to make money. What next? <laughs> Network. Network. All right. Let's talk about networking because I know you are very much into networking. Uh, I am. How do we do that right? How do we not be that, once again, that annoying person at the conference that, oh, man, here she comes. Here comes that Tony. No, let's, let's, let's use Serena in a negative way now. <laughs> so here comes that Serena, and she, oh, she's going to talk to me about this. How do you do it right? Um, you know, I think a lot of people don't do it right. <laughs> so um, this is my chance to get on my soapbox. Yes, go. Cool. Let's, let's hear it. Um, you know, first of all, you don't do it right by walking up to a group of people and handing them your business card. That's not networking. <laughs> um, we've all seen that and we've probably all done it at some point. So um, I would say networking is really about developing genuine relationships with people in your space. So whether it be in the blogging space in general, or maybe you're developing relationships with people that are, you know, more in your niche. Um, and I think the important thing about networking, and, you know, I like to call it collaboration, but what are you giving mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In, in approaching every relationship is what can I give rather than what can I get? Um, because the people that I know in this industry that have been the most successful are the biggest givers that I know. Yeah. And I think that when you approach something, I mean, I think in life in general, if you approach things by how can I give more, um, you know, you will receive back in some way and it might not be immediate and it might be years down the road, but I think that that philosophy never will hurt you. Um, I mean, I think it will hurt you in certain circumstances, but I feel like in the end, um, you'll be very blessed if you give to people. So when I think about networking, I always think, you know, how can I help this person? What do I have to offer them? Um, and, you know, eventually maybe they can help me and that's great. 
Um, but I think building those relationships, because even if you never get anything back as far as, you know, they didn't link to me or they didn't include me in this, you know, roundup or, you know, they didn't invite me to speak at their event. That's okay. Um, you can learn so much just from relationships and just watching other people and how they operate and just from having conversations with people. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't like to think of it as like, oh, I have to be somebody, you know, be friends with this person so I can gain something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just value in being in a group of people that do similar things to what you do. And then there's also real value and being around people that don't have any idea what you do. Um, so networking in groups that maybe don't even know what a blog is, but they're really great business people. Gotcha. So networking, and, uh-huh, go ahead. And just learning, you know, just because I think a lot of us as bloggers, um, you know, I was not a business owner before I started blogging. So there's a lot of things about owning a business that I have no idea how to do. Um, so meeting other people that own their own business and maybe they own a dry cleaners, you know, there's still, you know, overlap in owning your business and you still deal with things like taxes and, you know, things like that where you can learn from people that aren't even on the web. Definitely. Awesome. Lots of important things there. Um, And I found that, you know, by going to conferences and 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 whether you're speaking or you're just going there to connect with others, um, I found that the relationships that I've gotten in person have really helped to accelerate what I'm doing online. And I think that's a, a very powerful thing that we tend to underestimate um, and it's not even necessarily that we're we're networking just to talk about business you know I came down to Chicago when you were at blog her we went out to dinner we were just hanging out we had fun we connected um, and now we have a connection that we didn't have before and that exactly. is very significant I agree and I think too especially when you're I mean I think an events are obviously a great way to network with people and it's a great way to you know, get, get your face in front of people. And I think the important thing is when you go to an event is, you know, leave that event and follow up with people. Um, you know, you meet a lot of people at these events and I don't think you can follow up with everybody, but if you feel like there's someone there that you really connected with, shoot them an email, send them a message on Facebook. Um, Hey, it was great to meet you. You know, it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. Um, you know, if you ever want to work together, let me know, you know, something real simple. Um, I think that goes a long way into sort of developing the relationship even further because you got to realize, you know, we go to these events, we meet a hundred people, you know, we can't maintain relationships with all hundred people. So, you know, if you are the person that reaches out to that person afterwards, you've already set yourself apart from 90 other people at that event. Definitely. Now, I know we can go on with this for days and days talking about how to build an online business, but are, are there any other things that we definitely need to um, uh, be sure that we, we cover when it comes to taking this thing that we're doing online and really building a business out of it? I think you need to be constantly, you know, once, let's just say we're six months into it, or maybe we're nine months into it. I think that's the point where you need to start really evaluating what you're doing. You know, that's when I would start, I mean, I remember when I started, I was on analytics every day, which is kind of funny, you know, oh my gosh, I had a hundred readers. Yay. You know, and you're so excited about, I mean, I remember jumping up and down when I got my first hundred page view day. Uh Um, And so I think that's not the time to be in analytics uh, because she'll get discouraged pretty quickly. Um, But you know, six months, nine months, you know, get into analytics. What are your most popular posts? Where are your readers coming from? Because at that point, you have some established content. You've been writing long enough to know that something wasn't a fluke or something wasn't, you know, the one-hit wonder sort of post, which we all have. Um, And those are great, but those are not how you should base your business necessarily. So, you know, get into analytics and start looking at what are your most popular posts for the past six months? You know, and then, you know, okay, so say your most popular post was, uh, 
you know, a coupon for Oshkosh. So what does that tell you about your readership? Well, probably you have people with children. They like to get coupons. Um, they like to shop at stores similar to Oshkosh. So maybe you should start promoting things like Baby Gap and, you know, the Children's Place and stores that sort of have a similar price point to Oshkosh. So you can see from those analytics and those popular posts, you know, what, what your readers enjoy and what's driving readers to your site. And then you can start a plan of how can I put out similar content to what's already very popular? Because I'm a, I'm a big fan of like, let's not reinvent ourselves here. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's already working? So, and then looking at analytics to say, and where are these people coming from? Um, do I get great Facebook traffic? Do I get all my readers from Pinterest? Am I Google queen? You know, where are they coming from? And then I think something that people sometimes overlook is they get very excited because they say, Oh, all my traffic's from Pinterest. I'm so excited. But where's all your sticky traffic from? Yeah. Are they coming to Pinterest and then hopping right back off? Um, you know, Google is my number one traffic driver. It is always my number one traffic really? driver. Wait, but, you mean Google search? Yes, okay. Google search. Okay. Um, I thought you meant Google out, Plus. Yeah. I was surprised. No, 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 not Google Plus. <laughs> Google Plus and I don't get along. Um, <laughs> we will one day. I got my name, so I'm good. Well, there you go. Um, Step in the right direction. Uh, that's right. That's right. Baby steps. Um, but I think that, you know, where are the readers that are coming and staying coming from? So, you know, it's great to get people that come and find you from certain things. But, you know, if you realize that, you know, when, when people come from Pinterest, they click on their, their page views are five page views for visit. Well, then maybe you need to focus more on Pinterest. Mm. Maybe you need to create more posts that would be Pinterest friendly. Or maybe people that come from Google end up, you know, you know, staying because of, you know, what you're writing. And the thing about the big thing about Google, and this isn't a Google session, but if you get if you get people coming from search and you have popular posts and all of us in, in time will have those two to three posts that are consistently your top traffic posts for search. Go on those posts and figure out either one how to make money from that or get them on another page on your site. Mm. Don't just be excited about that that you know top page. So look at those top pages and start optimizing those pages to either make money or keep people on your site longer. Gotcha. I love it. So you're looking into analytics, but not just to see, hey, how many, how much traffic have I actually gotten, but to figure out what is working. And once you know what is working, you can focus even more on whatever it is that's working. Yep. And I think too, like, I mean, you can get so, um, I mean, you could spend years sitting in your analytics and don't do that. Um, but, you know, the farther you go along in this, you know, my assistant now is looking into not, not just seeing where people are coming from, but what time of day they're coming. And, you know, should that change how we're posting? So there's so much that you can learn. And analytics, Google Analytics is free. So, I mean, it's a free resource for us that we can go in and really learn a whole lot about people that are coming to our site. And then we can make changes or, you know, do more of the same based on everything we learn from Google Analytics. Oh, man. You, you know, honestly, I feel as if we can go on for like six more <laughs> of these sessions. But I'm, I'm going to have to cut it short. And I feel bad because there's so much good stuff coming. Um, but... Anyhow, Tony, what's going on with you now in terms of what you're doing online? What are the next steps for you and your business? Um, well, <laughs> we just had our yearly planning meeting last week. So um, the Happy Housewife is going to have some really great stuff coming for 2014. Uh, I actually am writing every day that my husband's deployed, sort of my daily uh, summary of surviving deployment. Oh, wow. Um, so that's been really, uh, that's actually been hard to do, but really, uh, it's like therapy for me. Uh -huh. So, um, you know, that's something that we're doing for next, you know, this year and then for next year. And then on the business side of things, um, I'm working on an event in, uh, June next year called digital collab. And it's basically a very small, uh, hundred person event. 
um, for advanced business online. So, um, you know, not that we don't like the newbies because we love the newbies, but we don't want people to be lost when we start throwing out the CPM terms as well. You know, so um, it's an event that I'm running with uh, Aaron Chase of $5 Dinners and Andrea Deckard of Savings Lifestyle. And it's basically small group sessions, very uh, hands-on um, and a lot of like practical takeaways. So our goal is that, you know, you actually go home with a to-do list, but you also get like half of that list done while you're there. Awesome. Um, so we want you sitting with people that can help you and you might be hearing from us soon, Leslie. So keep your June free. That's oh, all I'm well, saying. Well, it, I think it, it will be free for that special thing that's <laughs> going on over there. What? Man, Tony, thank you so much for coming on here. I know that. Well, I got value from it. And if I got value from it, my audience got value from it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Not a problem. Hey, guys, if you want to check out more of what Tony is doing, you can head on over to thehappyhousewife.com. Of course, all of that stuff is going to be linked in the show notes so you can come back to the blog and uh, get all that good, juicy stuff. Anyhow, this is, uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If, if you are, I would appreciate it. If you can leave a review in iTunes, you can head on over to becomeablogger.com slash iTunes. And if you're trying to get your blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while building your online business, head on over to freebloggingvideos.com where you get to follow me as I show you exactly how I've built my blogs into successful online businesses and how many others are, are, have done the same and how you can do the same. It's free, actionable, and awesome. Freebloggingvideos.com. That's pretty much it for this episode. I hope to see you in the next. And until next time, this is Leslie Summer from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. Take care and God bless.